What is that behind you? Oh, what what's this? This is actually where I am right now. It's a little town in Germany called Göppingen. Um, so I figured I'll throw in something a little bit more relative. <laughs> Damn, I would put my town up, but uh, it doesn't look like that. <laughs> Mine looks like a bunch of fucking old like steel mills and shit like that. Hey, that could be cool. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. How did you guys do so far this week? Terrible. Yeah, it's not not the best week, huh? How about you though? With all this macro stuff, is that good for you? Is that bad? It's really bad. I mean, it's not that. It's not awful, but usually trading macro stuff is just no matter what, it just finds a way to trick you into thinking that something's going to happen and then it just chops around and then today we have like yesterday is indicating that we probably should sell off today but tomorrow's ppi so since tomorrow is another data drop basically means that the market cannot move in one direction and continue because it just you know there's so much incentive for market makers and that like oh, nice. to yeah there's too much anticipation yeah yeah yeah, we can't go. We can't start trending if we don't have the news behind us. In a way, we could trade in anticipation of the news. Little buy the rumor, sell the sell the news. But every day, news comes out like big news. So it's mm-hmm. it almost doesn't even work like that. Yeah, this week is tough, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit too. Where you know, on these kind of weeks, like especially if you're a small cap momentum trader, it's you, you almost just want to take off. Mm-hmm. It's it's painful. My PL swings are are a little bit exaggerated this week, I feel like. So I was just typing stuff in. But uh in, in terms of today's call, I guess what we can do is since it's just three of us and we don't have like a planned topic besides everyone kind of sharing their biggest lessons and their kind of game plan going forward, uh, somebody can start and, and I, I guess we could just do like a mini QA session after everyone goes, kind of like how we originally did it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. A- anyone have any thoughts? Down 400 now. What? What? I just made two trades while you guys were talking. <laughs> <laughs> junkie, junkie. There we go. Hey, that's, I was so close to making a trade last time. Um, but this time I really won't do any trading. I, I don't have any of my screens with me. Uh, and I'm not like David who trades on his phone. Um, yeah. Anybody want to go specifically? Maybe have some um, talk about. I vote Toby because that'll make him stop trading. I don't have much of anything really prepared for today, honestly, because I did not stop trading until well, I still haven't stopped, to be honest. I'll be happy to go over uh, yesterday's trades. I better uh, yesterday's PNL and stuff. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so for. For anyone watching this, we were typically we do it on Thursdays, but my schedule is really crazy tomorrow in the day, the, the Friday, and then weekend is almost impossible to schedule something. So we um we made it today Wednesday. So it's a little bit earlier. It's not like we didn't have our time to do as much research, but I think we can still pull out some really good lessons for this week and going forward this week. So yeah, sure, Toby, if you want to crank it yeah, out. Or... One sec, I want to just load it up. I need to log into uh Trade journal. Colby, you're probably still trading too, huh? <laughs> Bro, just wait. <laughs> You'll see what happens, okay? Oh, no. I don't even know if I'm ready for it. Oh. It's not that bad, but it's just hilarious. Okay. Man, today this, the market smacked me around like a little 
I don't mm-hmm. even know what I should compare it to. <laughs> Something brutal. Oh, yeah. Trying to clean up my screen a little bit. Delete all the naughty stuff. <laughs> Just going over uh, my PL yesterday was a little bit of a rough day. I got myself into trouble pretty early <clears throat> in the pre market. Wasn't down too much. Probably should learn to call it quits at that point. Was down about 250 bucks. And then uh, it just, I just kept selling off and kept selling off. I, I did kind of plateau a little bit at minus 400 and thought I thought I saw some good trades. So I uh, tried to keep going for it and uh, got myself down to about minus 1,065 at my worst. And then crawled back out a little bit, finished the day minus 873 so that was a pretty rough day gave back half my profits for the for the week or for the month super Um, frustrating those days i need to learn to 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 call it quits a little bit earlier um seems like this week in general it's been a little bit tough the there seems to be a lot of macro news and so the small caps are just aren't running or just don't feel like they're following through like they would normally or they have in the past couple of weeks so it's not, I wouldn't say it was really bad trading as much as just nothing following through. So getting myself into trouble quick, need to learn to, to stop. I did the same thing today too. Got myself into trouble pretty quick. Was that uh minus a thousand bucks at the worst today, but I'm now only down $400. It kind of reminds me of last month where you also were like really green, but then you had one or two days. I think it was just one day where you just gave back a lot of profits. Yeah, this is kind of a tricky situation for me right now because I'm trying to size up and I want to have those bigger green days, but I'm catching some bigger red days too. Maybe Um, Colby can give you some tips there. Trying to get into like, you know, I'm trying to get up to like 3,000 shares on my trades. That makes sense. And, you know, our average ticker is probably around $4. So north of $10,000 position sizes. I feel you. Um, I started trading a little bit lighter and reduced it a bit, but I also want to get always north of 10,000 again as well. This kind of brings in that question of like, do I size up on every single trade I take or do I size up on the best setups, you know? Cause that could solve a lot of the problems of, you know, you like there's definitely a pretty damn good argument for you should probably not always use the exact same size because like we say with like exponential bet sizing, like I'm not a fucking, I don't know anything about statistics, but um, people that are smarter than me have done the statistics for like poker and all that stuff. And like I said before, like if you bet the exact same amount every single time, it is literally impossible to be profitable. It's impossible. Yeah, if you have a good starting hand on poker and you have a high EV, you need to be raising before the flop, right? That's that's how otherwise you're never gonna have big winners, basically. You're 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 gonna yeah, not be from that pot. And I, I couldn't agree more. So what I've been doing is taking adding a lot of patterns to my setups. And when there's like multiple setups, let's say I'm I'm trading a daily swing trade and we got major support, like just price level. I don't know. Maybe let's say $10 was a pivot zone multiple times. And there's that. We got the 180 on that as well. 
we maybe broke out of it and the nine emails coming up, we're pulling back to the nine email as well. We have like multiple patterns coming in together. That is a setup where I want to use three, four, five X average size. And I actually did that recently this week. And I had one of my biggest winners. It was that 20% winner. And I just said, you know what? This is a really good setup. And I used two X size. I used two X size based on my average swing trade. So it was a little bit smaller because yeah. my swing trading strategy, I haven't really sized up yet, but still I went in with like 5.5 instead of like roughly 3000. So that made a big difference. Yeah, that kind of also is like the whole conundrum of like all these pro traders will always come back and be like, hey, how many indicators do you have on your screen? If you have a lot of them, like they're probably going to, one's going to tell you to buy, one's going to tell you to sell. The other one's going to tell you to buy, then the other one's going to tell you to sell. And then they're like, oh, this is why most retail traders fail because they're using these indicators as like the sole reason to take a trade. Well, that's the problem is like every indicator in the stock market is a lagging indicator. There's no such thing as a forward looking indicator. So those are really only to help us identify whenever a setup is very good. That's not like a reason to take a trade. So when you have like um, the price action first, right? That's the first reason to take a first trade, higher highs, higher lows. Okay, we're in a front side. Where's the, where's the 200 moving average? Where's the 50, the 20, the eight, where's the MACD, you know? And if they're all pointing bullish at the same time and you have that uh, price action formation, then like, that's when you size up huge, you know? Yep. It's basically like having a very two, I don't know, double aces and, or something like that. It's like, okay, there's a lot of stuff here. That's quite a high amount of value. It doesn't mean it's going to work out, but it might be an 80% yep. setup with a really good risk, risk reward. That's that's it. That's when you want to yep. size up. So, but it it is also good to get used to having a bigger base size as well. So if your average is maybe five thousand dollars, and then you get that up to ten thousand, and then you want to really do a hundred thousand dollar trade, I think that's yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you got to increase the base as well. Yeah, that's hard for me to do. I don't know. I mean, I get the whole concept of. Uh... So like, let's say my average green day is somewhere around like $35. And that means that my norm, like a green day is probably like 50 to 70. And then a red day is probably like anywhere from 20 to 50. And then that would make my average green day on a profitable month around like $30. So, and I'm still gonna have red days in there. So that means that like on a month basis, I'm probably gonna make anywhere from like 100 to $250, which is obviously nothing, but, um, that's where I get to this point where I'm like, okay, well, what if I traded a lot better? Like, what if I'm trading much better and my average green day is still $35? Like, what's the best I could possibly do? And like, let's say that's maybe $500. That's fine to do. Toby, I heard that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Toby's trading. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard for me because I don't, like, I understand like, yeah, increase your base size. And then maybe my $200 month, it's like small now could be a $500 month, but that doesn't require any better trading. So for me, I feel like I want to know, like, what is like my, what's a really good month for me in terms of trading? Like how, what's that number based on my average position size? Um, that would mean that I traded very well. And if that number's, that number's still going to inevitably be small because I'm trading with small size, but I don't even know what I'm trying to get at here, but I guess my whole thing is like, it's, it's hard to raise your base size whenever you might not be trading well in the first place, you know? 
So think, yeah, that to me that goes back to the simple thing of if I'm red for the day, if I'm red for the week, for the month, I'm using smaller size. Um, and my max loss is also reduced. So if I'm red for the month, my max loss is half. If I'm red on the day, I start decreasing my size and I want to start changing my momentum. I want to start getting some base hits in, get a little bit of a green state of mind and in the right direction. So the reason I bring that up is because you want to, um, yeah, if you're, if you're not green, then there's no reason to size up and looking for that one home run trade that's going to get you back in the green is just to me personally is a recipe for disaster. I've heard many other traders say similar. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's first and foremost getting green for sure. Mm -hmm. That's and, the thing is like how much yeah. green per month is it enough where you're like, okay, I could size up, you know, because I'm having profitable months, but they're tiny. So to me, it's like, I mean, I would say right away, like, I know that sounds weird, but I, I would almost view instead of like every day, like there's red and there's green days and it will throw you off mentally. But if I would view like as a week, like, how are you doing this week, next week? And if like the week is green. So like last week was a green week for me, the swing trades, everything was working. I was understanding some of these, uh, cause I've been, you guys know, I've been doing so many pivots. I understood my kind of new strategy a little bit better. So I sized up on that one instead of 3000 average size, I did 4,000. And if it's a quality setup, I'll do 8,000 stuff like that. So, and then next week, if this is a green week, everything's looking good. Even if it's a hundred dollar green week, because I manage my risk and everything well, I'm going to size up to 5,000 next week. So that's how I'm going to do it with this new strategy. So you just go week by week and then just keep, if it's green, you just keep going up. Yeah. Because if, if it's, you know, we always have these like one or two red days, but if you could still manage your risk and then, you know, it's totally fine. But at the end of the week, things are looking good and probably on a monthly basis is even better, but I feel like scaling up sometimes on a monthly basis is, is almost too slow. And it mentally puts me in a weird spot because I'll start revenge or emotional trading. Cause I'm like, I should be further. So I, I also want to reduce that a little bit. I think that's a nice buffer that I've been working with. Yeah, I've, I I keep trying to raise, like I said, raise my share size. Until yesterday, I was at twenty one days green in a row. Wow. Yeah, I've seen that. That's nice though about shares is you can increase it by like ten percent or something like that. Like your your size can always kind of like when I was trading with shares last year, I would always I had a rule eventually where I was like every single week I'm gonna size up by um, I was trading the like NVIDIA and the SPY and all these tickers. So I was like 10 shares per week, I'm going to size up. Because that's so small that it won't incrementally actually change my P&L really. Um, but it, I'm still sizing up every single week a little tiny bit. So it would compound over time. Yeah, I mean, for you, since, yeah, you're doing these these larger contracts or whatnot, sometimes like sizing up is literally 50% more, 100% more. It's always a hundred percent more. Yeah, literally a hundred percent more. Mm -hmm. I, you know, honestly, you might just you like your your stats are pretty good. You might just have to just do it again. And I know I told you last time to do it, and it was a headache. But dude, it's it's a bit like this. You just have to get through it. You know. Yeah. I mean, you do know, but like, I'm not sure if I could even give any other advice on that. You, you probably know in a way exactly what to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had so many times where at least since options trading, which was like pretty much 
August of last year, which is options and futures. And now mostly I'm trading more futures than options, but my option stats are way better. But ever since then, the whole idea of like, I have to size up, it has to be 2X my last size is just, that's what destroys me because, you know, <laughs> I take one trade, I'm already at max loss from previous. Take another trade, I'm 2X my max loss. Okay, well, there's two weeks of profit gone on one day. And one day, can I can easily have two red trades back to back. No problem. I mean, that's like super common. So I wonder two red if trades only... and I delete a half a month is scary. Yeah, I know. And that's that's the hard part. Maybe would it would it be wise for only focusing on on options for you? I feel like that would be well, that's what I'm gonna talk about. I might as well just jump in then. Yeah, jump in. Unless Toby, you have anything else to say, but yeah, we are we gotta technically in a minute we move on. You kind of took Toby's time slot by talking about everything. Yeah, seriously. No, no, let's move on. Sweet. Toby's got the floor. We'll, we'll, right. we'll see if we can do a, this under 60 minutes, which I think we should be able to manage. Just remind me, I don't care if you tell me to shut the fuck up. I'll, I'll listen. Um, this is not a post that I made for the podcast, but this is pretty much just a large conglomeration of why I'm bad at futures trading and I'm really good at options trading. So if you look at this move right here, like obviously... You can't really see that much beforehand, but we were making lower highs on the uh, daily time frame. So we're in a downtrend, kind of within a larger uptrend, but we we're making lower highs, looking for lower lows. And I had this idea of, you know, this was previous day close at the time, or maybe it was a little bit. Yeah, we were a little bit above the previous day close. So it was a gap down, came up, filled the gap, went a little bit above previous day close. And then um, I've been using this thing called the advanced decline line, which tells you how many stocks out of the 2000 stocks in the New York Stock Exchange, that's a fucking tongue twister, are red or green. So every day this, there's this little chart where it'll open. And like today, it was 1,500 out of 2000 stocks in the NYSE were red. So at that time right here, the advanced decline line went from negative 1400 to zero, which means that most stocks in the New York Stock Exchange were on their previous day close, which means that they started with a gap down. They're about to fill the gap. And then usually if you gap down, fill the gap, then you could fail right there and then continue lower. And that's like a really good setup that I like to trade a lot. And the SPY was above that gap. So it was a little tricky because the SPY is above the gap, but most of the stocks in the New York Stock Exchange were on their gap. So that's why I was like, oh, this could actually fail here just because the SPY is above previous day close doesn't mean it can't still fail. So my whole idea was that it's going to go short, right? Well, look what I did with my futures trading. So I get in right here. I take like a two-point profit. It's like $10. I get in short right here, chasing the lows. Stop out, three-point loss. I get in short again, basically at the same exact spot. Stop out, three-point loss. Get in right here again, chasing the low. Stop out, four-point loss. So I lost almost 10 points in trading right here, which is around $50. And I was right the entire fucking time. Okay. So this was my futures trade. Now look at my options trade. Obviously I'm taking information from Webull and I'm putting it into TOS and I'm just drawing it where I got in and got out. But this is where I got in on options. I just entered right there. And I said, I'm stopping out if we break this high, which is about a point in risk. And then I'm going to take my profit if we attempt to go near this low. And it literally, it was like a perfect trade almost. And the reason why is because I took it in my options account and I literally just like turned off my account and I didn't even give a shit about what happened. So it's kind of like the idea of like Alex's biggest trade with uh, 
his thing was because it was an accident because he wasn't watching the price action. That's literally like my style. Okay. I'm figuring that out that my style is to get in on a good entry, set my stops and literally go fuck myself, walk away and don't look at the market. Because if I watch it, I end up doing shit like this. Like this is the thesis was we're going to break down and I overtraded it like 15 times. And I ended up taking all these losses, deleted this great trade. And then I did it again right here, like short at the high, <laughs> completely blow right through my risk and just continue holding for no reason. Lose three points there, short again, short again, lose, and then it goes down anyway. So, and then here's all my stats. So this is like from the inception of this options account. And then this is from the inception of my futures account. So this is pretty much all from like December to now. Because it wasn't even profitable before then, in options at least. And I made $600 um, with a pretty good win rate. Like any win rate for me that's above like 40% is damn good because I just have a super low win rate for some reason. My risk reward is almost three to one. It's amazing. My biggest win is like five times my biggest loser. So good. Um, and then look at my op my futures. So 326 red. Granted, about 150 of that is fees. Um, TJ, we, we talked about this, but Trade Journal is only calculating about half the fees because TradeStation is sneaky as fuck. And um, my win rate is 35%, which is not good. My largest win is the same size as my largest loss. And my risk reward is like hardly one-to-one. -one. So, and look at this too. My average trade duration with my options account is 48 minutes long. And then my average trade duration for my futures account is three minutes. So like if this isn't if this stat right here is not telling you that you're over trading and you're over managing every single trade, I don't know what the hell else it's saying. So this is my problem now is like, do I take my options strategy and use it for futures? Or do I just stay with options? Because why would I do it with futures if it's only if it's working with options anyway? So and then if you could see, I'll show you after this, but the picture behind my head is the trade I took today. And I was basically risking $10 to make 90 and it went like 20 cents to where my exit was. And it came back up and stopped me out. And I took one trade today, but it was just hilarious. Oh. And then like, here's my calendar view for options. Um, obviously I'm not even trading that much. I'm only taking trades that just make sense. So like, it's awesome. Like one trade, one trade, one trade, one trade, one trade, you know, $150, $50, $58, only lost 20 here. You know, like these are all like amazing stats for, but th this is also the problem too, is like, I think the reason why I'm trading options so well is because I kind of jump over to them whenever I'm doing shitty in futures. So like, if I only had options, I don't think I would trade as well as I am now with options because the futures allow me to kind of be a degenerate. Like I can just get in and get out, fucking take all these scalps and like do all that kind of shit. And then whenever it doesn't work, I'll just jump into my options account and just take a really good trade and be done. So this is another really interesting stat. So here's all my futures stats. Again, everything below five minutes is red. Everything. Like, look how bad that is. I mean, and then with options, it's like, again, I'm pretty much green. I'm. These are kind of hard to interpret, but most the, the most important part is that if I'm holding for more than like two minutes, I have a much higher chance of winning in options at least and same with futures so i just need to learn trade breathe yeah the what you gotta let the trade breathe um yeah 
Yeah, like I just am over managing every trade in my futures account. It's just really, really bad. And then I kind of wrote down things that I need to do in my futures account. I, and the first thing is I always need a criteria for a trade. I'm never taking a trade because I'm like, oh, this is dropping, get in. Oh, this is, this looks like it's going to fail, get in. Like, no, that's not enough. I need like multiple reasons to take a trade. And then risk or reward, and that's it. There's no like get out because this it spiked close to your target and, you know, it looks like it's going to go back up. No, it's either target or stop. That's it. There's no over management. So set the stops, no over managing. Um, if I take a loss, I have to wait 30 minutes before my next trade because I'll always like over here, I just, you know, I could have just lost one time and just stopped. But I took four trades in the same exact thesis and I lost four times in the same exact trade. 30 um, minutes is the amount of time it takes for the fight or flight response to go back to basically zero. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I remember you saying that last week or whatever it was. Um, three losses back to back in futures, I'm done. If I lose more than 50, that pretty much means that I've like completely destroyed my risk. But uh, here's another example of this is me actually implementing those rules yesterday. So yesterday I took two trades at the open. Um, yesterday was CPI day. They both lost. So I lost $25 total on those two trades. And then we go back up and we fucking crash like 50 points lower. So if I would have shorted right here and, and covered obviously at the bottom, that would have been like a $250 trade. Wouldn't have done that. But it's just hilarious that I short it. We come up. We don't even break the high of day. We just like fake out, make a lower high, and then just shoot lower. And then I also took an options trade here and I lost on that. So I was down $50. And then uh, we once we pulled back up right here, I was like, fuck this shit. This is a, actually a good setup. We came up, we, we made a lower high and we broke down strong. We should probably make a lower low again. So I'm looking for a lower high to short into. This was that spot. I took the short. I set my stop above this high right here and my target at the attempted break of a new lower low. And, um, I went to go work out and I checked my phone and I made $78 without even looking at the trade. So it was kind of nice to like have rules from Friday and then implement them. And they actually worked. Cause usually a lot of the time you make a rule and it fucking like makes you lose the next day. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? But, uh, yeah, that was that. And then my background today for zoom is another trade that I took where right here i got in i shorted and my target was like right below the wick and it was going to be either a 90 dollars win um and i was up like 65 or something on this trade and then it wicks down and it comes right back up and then i move my stop a little bit instead of losing 20 dollars in this trade which is my original stop I just did it for like around break even. So I lost like $8, but it was just annoying that I took that trade. But the good thing is I only took one trade today and I just lost and I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not fucking with this market. It does not want to be touched. I'm not going to touch it. So yeah. So what do you think, what do you think you're going to do with the futures and the options? I think that I want to still trade futures, but I want to have the same principles as my options trading. So like, the way that I see it is that I want to use options for those potential like massive winners. And then I want to use futures for like those consistent, like 10 point future, 10 point spy futures or one point spy trades. Because if you make one point 
on the spy every day. That's that's really really good. Like there's hardly that there's not many people I see that do that consistently. Um, and obviously, if I'm trading one ES contract instead of the MES, so trading a mini instead of a micro in futures, then I could make in ten points. That's a five hundred dollar day. So like by the end of the year, I want to get to that where I'm trading the ES. So my days will average around like five hundred dollars if I trade well. So, but the thing is, like, I, I it's hard because I want to get in kind of at the same spots with my futures account and my options account, and I'll take the futures trade for ten points, and then the options account I'll let it sit and like let it relax a little bit, see if I have like a really good entry for a clean like trend day or something like that, and I'll always take my profits at two points if the if the daily setup is not there but if the daily setup is there i'll take the futures trade for 10 points and then i'll hold my options trade for the whole day for the potential of like maybe one of those days where you get like five or six points in a uh, profit which would be like multiple hundreds of dollars in um options so yeah i think that makes sense and i i know i do something similar i could share about it in a bit mm. But yeah, I mean, typically, um, what got me really profitable in my first big leg to a hundred thousand was basically just reducing everything that didn't work. And that's when I was like, okay, no more backside, no more ranging. I'm only trading front side. And that got me really good at trading front side. Um, but yeah, I like, I also do two strategies right now because, you know, sometimes there's no opportunities. And then the other strategy, like this week, the other strategy has made me green, um, it's tough, but I'm so interested to see what happens. And let's say a year from now, are you going to still be trading both or not? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the great thing to follow up on. And even just, you know, four weeks, but, um, but definitely yeah. as you, as you, you know, advance in your trading career. Yeah, um, I mean, all I really need to do is just stop over trading in futures. If I just stop doing that, take my option strategy, basically make that my future strategy and then use options for the bigger winners. That's pretty much all I can do. What you could do. And, you know, I take it totally is totally up to you. Um, but you could double down your options. So just increase size on those and leave the futures be with the current size, but practice that strategy because I totally True. get it where you want to practice a strategy. You want to get better at it and you want to scale in the future and you know, you can, so you should keep practicing. But if that's where you're losing money constantly, leave the size B, don't yeah. size both of them. And then just only size your options, only keep sizing what's working, right? And yeah. the other stuff you could keep practicing, but if it's not green, leave it at that starter size. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, for sure. At least that's what I do to myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, uh, I'm doing what I'm preaching in, in that, that regard. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what to do. I mean... Yeah. Um, I guess I'll share my screen unless there's something else. Toby, what are you doing? Toby's trading. No, I'm listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hands up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's so good. That's so I only made only made like five trades since we started. Alright, that's not that bad. For you, that's that's nothing. For me, that's like half a trading day. I know. Right? Only down three hundred and seventy now. Nice. Hey, that's dude. You you have the 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 world's best recoveries. I gotta I gotta admit. I mean, it's crazy. Seriously. Um, 
just to keep the flow, I guess I'll already share my screen, but feel free to keep mentioning anything you guys want to mention about anything. Let me zoom in here a little bit. Um, so this is this is my um, watch list post where I, you know, week seven we're in right now. Um, I kind of already mentioned this. I'm just trying to, this is like sometimes the topic of the week a little bit. I'm just increasing my minimum trading size to 4,000. It sounds like a very small amount. And the reason this is actually more like the base size for my swing trading uh, a little bit. And also my day trading in a way, because sometimes, you know, I want to be trading north of $5,000 average position size for my day trading, but Sometimes I'll get a partial fills or I'll be hesitant and then I only have a $1,500 position size and I'll be my, you know, 8% biggest winner. And I'm like, that was really embarrassing. Um, I can't let that happen because that's basically not raising before the flop with double aces or something like that. That That's, yep. you know, leaving a lot of profits on the table because I only get, you know, one or two really good trades like that usually a day. Um, sometimes three if it's like amazing. So um, last week I had a little bit of an uh, emotional breakdown. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So last week right here on Tuesday, I had for probably like the hundredth time in the last three years, I was up pretty nicely. And I ended the day, um, not at max loss, but pretty close to it. And I was just so frustrated. You know, it was one of those days where I traded four or five hours and I could have just traded one hour and be up $500. But no, I, you know, worked all day and lost money. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And, and I think a big reason I can only trade so much in one day is because I am in, you know, in Europe and Toby probably understands this. But like at the end of the day, you have a lot of decision fatigue and it, it kind of, goes over to anything else I do. Like if I play chess on my phone at the end of the day, I cannot like beat anybody, <laughs> but if I play in the morning, I'm pretty good <laughs> or like not good, but like I can hold my own, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's like my cognitive um, ability just depreciates uh, exponentially. I feel like at a certain point. And I feel like trading amplifies that because there's there's that emotional side to it too where you start getting this um you know this really emotional fight or flight kind of revenge trading fomo like today oh my god i started i i was conservative conservative missed my entry pops up then i get fomo i kind of chase and then it flushes down on me it happened three or four times in a row and that's i was just like okay i'm calling it today um but basically, after I implemented that, I had three good green days in a row. Monday, uh, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity, and I ended down like $100, and then my swing trades were actually, they all closed red. It was crazy. I had like bottom take on so many swing trades. So this, this looks bad, but it was just swing trading. Um, the other day was also not that good. I only had like, I don't know, the, the day trading part was pretty slow. I ended... Yeah, 187 up. And then my swing trades brought me up like $1,200 basically. And um, what I guess my point is though, like I've had some really nice, like where I basically wrap up trading and I'm up quite a lot of money. And I'm doing that, you know, thing I always said in the Discord, like I wish I just stopped trading <laughs> and, and, you know, called it. So I've been implementing that. And I got to say, it's been paying a lot of dividends because um, I'm not as exhausted the next day. That's a big thing that has helped me. And I've had more energy and time to do other things like study my trading, um, manage swing trades before the market opens, 
uh, just like breathe a little bit, take a nap because I've been pretty exhausted lately. So I think it's just really important to, to look after yourself. And I think this is a really good way to do it. Just limit your trading. Um, I've been personally doing pre-market. Otherwise, it'd be a little bit too late for me personally in my life. But I think if I lived on the East Coast, I would actually prefer, which I might at one point again, I would actually prefer probably to trade from like 9.30 till 10.30 to 11 or something like that. Um, because pre-markets from seven to eight, it's it's a real hit or miss. There's like, you're or like what I do is from seven to 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's not always a lot of opportunities. Um, sometimes it's amazing. Other times, like three days in a row, you won't get anything like it's been. So that's where the swing trading comes in. And that's a bit like your options and futures. Like one, the, you know, the, the options when it's there, great. But the other one at least keeps you a little bit busy. And there are two strategies that I know I can make a lot of money with. So I, I, I like practicing both of them. Um, what I wanted to share here really quickly, um, this last little thing is the, the risk reward. So this was last week and I had a good profit margin, you know, 64%. The win, win ratio was pretty okay, especially with two strategies. Um, I kept my largest losing trade below 10%. So this is like a really nice to have this bigger, um, your largest winning bigger than your largest loser. And this is actually a trade I cheated on. I moved down my stop and I instantly, you know, learned my lesson. Don't move down your <laughs> stop. If, if anything, if I just got stopped out at minus like 5% or 6% with slippage, um, this would have been fine. And I could have re-entered and it actually, this trade I had the right idea. It was a huge, like 200% move after I got stopped out. I almost got stopped out um, like 20, 30 cents um, uh, above the perfect low. But I could have made another entry and made, made two trades out of it is basically what I'm saying. The only problem was last week, I just used smaller size. I've already corrected that quite a bit. One-to-one um, -one risk reward, really nice. So like everything right here. So what I was talking about Colby earlier is like, you know, week by week. So this week, is like green light. You know, you, I have full, um, full privilege, I guess you could say, or, or, or allowance to, to size up, um, no problem. And so that's, that's basically what I did for, for this week going forward. I sized up a little bit and, um, yesterday, um, our, I don't know if our faces are going to be in the way or not. So I'm a little bit nervous here, uh, cause they are when I'm uh, me watching it myself, but, We'll see how it is on recording, but for, so this was, no, wait, hold on, let me get this right. Um, yeah, okay, so this was Monday right here, and Monday wasn't really the best. I kind of just, you know, gave back, gave back, took a lot of losses, but still, like, if you think about it, it wasn't even that bad, like, for a red day. Like, I didn't have any massive losers that were much bigger than my largest winning trade. My risk reward was still pretty okay. Um, everything was looking all right. And then my green day was like really solid. I had a, you know, two to eight. So one to four risk reward uh, with percent. And then with dollar, like a one to three. And my largest winning trade, much bigger than my largest losing. Um, so everything was, is kind of going in the right direction. So I'm trying to group it again in a week. And if this week goes by, I want to do that, you know, 5,000 instead of 4,000 and just kind of keep chipping away at it like that. Let me see. There's one more thing that I wrote down. I wanted to mention here. Yeah. So trading less than, you know, 90 to 120 minutes, or this is supposed to say 130 minutes. Um, so about an hour and a half, um, ideally 90 minutes, because even that extra 30 minutes, sometimes I start slipping up. Um, let's see here. So I reviewed the stats. And then I also just wanted to say like, so this week is a week where I 
could have even fully taken off or just limited my trading altogether. Like macro weeks like this are a little bit stressful. Like I could have just played swing trades, I think this week. Um, so Monday was what? Um, Monday was basically Super Bowl hangover Monday. Tuesday, we had CPI come out. Yesterday, we had um, retail. Or no, was that retail today? Yeah. Retail, retail today. came out Yeah, today. And then tomorrow, um, what's the report dropping? It's PPI. basically... Yeah. So every day is basically screwed. And then Friday, I'm, uh, I'm totally off because we have a lot, a lot of things here. So like when there's weeks like this, you know, you can, I even wrote ahead of time, like, where did I say? Um, no, I said it somewhere like where I like right in the first day, I said, it's probably better to like leave this week be a little bit because there's so much going on. Um, and that's exactly been the case. And I can't find that exact sentence, but I wrote it somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really what I wanted to review. Just I want to basically keep doing what I'm doing. As long as I'm, I'm green in the rear view mirror, I can start, I can size up and, uh, it's pretty much that simple. And I, we, we just need a little bit more momentum right now in terms of the, the kind of things I'm trading personally. Uh, otherwise, I can't have like a $5,000, $10,000 week profit if, if there's no tickers moving. That's just that simple. I can only do what the market gives me. Yeah. yeah. If you go back to that one day where it was red 600. Yeah, um, let me do it. Um, I can even... like So that was this day, Monday? Yeah, so how many trades that were red did you take in a row that's a good question well technically so this looks really bad again these were my swing trades um so actually this one wasn't oh no this one actually was this was again a swing trade where i wanted to buy off support and let it be and i had my stop right around here at the two and we broke that and that's where i got stopped out so this could have been a because this was a first gapper that i wanted to size up and accumulate uh, pre-market support and see if it, it ran this one failed um, a lot of these other ones appv this one was so frustrating mm. like if you see the five minute here in the daily like we were holding this zone and i had my stop under this zone like slightly under 15 yeah 1477 i don't even think it was 77 because i think i got some major slippage here yeah we had a major panic and then it totally recovered this was frustrating um, but again, small loss, you know, look, I'm doing all my sizes around 3000. Uh, this mm -hmm. was a lot of these were entered last week when I wasn't allowed to do 4,000 yet. Um, CTMX also got stopped out here at the perfect low, literally perfect low. So some of these tickers, like I, I still need to adjust my swing trading strategy. Like I'm, I'm getting a little bit too aggressive of entries. I've learned that I'd rather miss the move than just get stopped out. So rather have low entries. Also, you have to kind of know your market or the tickers. Like if it's a large cap, I can be a bit more aggressive on my how high I put the limit order on. But if it's a small cap, they have these huge like panic cells yeah. and stuff like that. So you you want to be buying on the panic cells. You don't want to buy, you know, in anticipation of a breakout necessarily um, if you're, you know, planning to hold like on the four hour time time frame. Like who cares about that little breakout? Because it's probably going to come back down in an hour anyway. Uh, FWBI, yeah, we looked at that one. So yeah, these were all, did I use the same picture here? Oh, I think I did a wrong picture here with G-E-N-E. -E. Oh no, I just clicked on it wrong. Yeah, again, I got stopped out the perfect low before the recovery. So I like, on these tickers, I was basically buying off the support here at 1.5. 
um, and the nine EMA was coming in. So this was actually a really, really big support zone. Again, it just had a really aggressive morning panic. And I mean, two things I could have done is like, you know, the, the stopping out is uh, sure fine. That's one thing, but also I could have re-entered <clears throat> um, either lower or before I got stopped out as my second trade, but that would have increased the size quite a lot. So yeah, I don't know. I, I have to start thinking about these swing trades a lot more. I think for me to share this strategy, I'm not totally ready yet because I'm still ironing it out. And I feel more comfortable talking about my front side because I feel like there's not much more I need to iron out on that one. It's just more practice. Um, but yeah, maybe so with the, with the actual day trading, it was it was pretty consistent, like some red, some green. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you were day trading and you took that many losses in a row, you should have stopped, but that was all swing trades. So that doesn't, yeah. I was yeah, going to say maybe... Yeah. Um, Sorry. Maybe, I mean, we all love drawing the horizontal lines and we're saying, you know, this is support resistance and stuff like that. That's like, you know, recently people are doing more of like, oh, this is supply demand and they'll put like a box instead of a line because that kind of helps you visualize the fact that just because it's a line doesn't mean it can't go below that line and still use it as support, you know, because we like to think that like that's the absolute Maybe it would be interesting for you to try, I don't want to throw more things into your strategy, but if you can see where those support and resistances are on certain tickers and see how they respect them, like maybe some tickers will respect them like to the fucking penny. Maybe some respect them much quicker and like above the support, maybe some break below the support. And like, maybe you could put a starter. If you see like whatever it was, FWBI, or I don't know which one it broke below that line. Maybe you could put like a like a one fourth size starter on the line of support, and then go for a bigger size once you crack it. But I guess that's still sketchy because as long as it's still making higher lows, that's kind of the only reason you'd want to average into a loser like that. But I no, I think I think what you're saying is actually it's so funny you're actually saying this because I started doing that. I I literally was like, okay, well I'm just gonna identify like where there's big supply zones because this is just like general territory where i need to be accumulating yeah and if it is like a significant break of this or something like that uh, i could always sell but yeah and actually usually they do break a little bit so i actually want to be buying on slight breaks of those territories mm -hmm. um so kind of like um bear traps is basically where i want to be buying which which is tough because that's kind of the trend reversal territory, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at these multi-day runners and so on and so forth. So it's, um, yeah, there's, there's already like a first stare on the daily forming in, in mm. that aspect. And these tickers, they just like to flush a lot, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Like understand the zones. That's, that's, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Like even these small caps, like you literally need a million dollars. Uh, to just destroy this entire company on some of them. So it's like, if you think about it, I mean, how much does this support really support? You get a hundred people with 10 K position size and whatever, you know? It's yeah. And the momentum, the momentum really dries up quick. So like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised I'm fine holding some of these, but I, I'm, I'm really only fine holding them if there's really momentum, like it's, it's really trending in a direction or something like that. And then you just have to anticipate that even if it is in a four hour front side trend, it's still going to have these like morning panics of like 15% or so. Yeah. So that's, that's what I haven't calculated for as well. But otherwise, you know, I'm net green on the strategy and, you know, things are going well. 
And we're having a lot of multi-day runners. We're having a lot of tickers holding their highs. So it's kind of the right environment for it. But again, yeah, I don't feel super comfortable talking about it fully, not because I'm scared to share information, but just because I, I still need to iron it out for myself. Um, so ask me any questions about front side trading momentum, you know, on a one minute time frame. But <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that strategy on large caps once we're back in a legit bull market. Because that would yeah. probably be amazing in terms of, I mean, you'd have to literally max out your IRA. For that's position. that's also the thing like I, some of these large caps are coming back down they're having this this multi-day pullback and i'm like mm, you know th this looks really good to accumulate and i would also like to swing trade some of these bigger bigger setups so i think i'm going to do that but yeah i would have to max it out like i would have to do like at least thirty thousand dollar position sizes otherwise yeah. it's yeah you know not gonna yeah, make you great anything. i made yeah. three four five percent on like a five thousand mm -hmm. dollar position doesn't matter so mm -hmm. um yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And anyone have any like game plans going forward uh, that they want to share? I mean, we did kind of talk about what everyone everyone's mindset is in a way, and how they they want to fix their lessons that they learned and shared. But maybe is there anything specific for the ne next three days, next week, February? Anything on anyone's mind? No, I'm Toby? just going to let the trades come to me. Um, feel like I'm just kind of pushing a little bit too hard right out right out the gate <clears throat> and maybe not taking all the a plus setups taking a lot of b's and c's just to try to get some some good greens good green trades and get ahead yeah. to start to um need to be more patient i i would love to be able to be able to not make a trade the whole pre-market if nothing shows up but i kind of feel like I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm obligated to make a trade if I want to sit there for that whole amount of time and watch the screen. So I don't know. I feel you. I have to close the app if, or else I'm probably going to trade it. I could practice discipline, but I don't know. I feel yeah. like, you know, yesterday I had a pretty big loss, but, um, and it's more than I want to be because my largest winning days aren't as big as my largest losing days right now, but I'm, I'm able to string together several winning days in a row. And I know I've done, I can do that. I've done that several times before. So I'm, I am actually happy that I, in the fact that I did stop at 800 bucks at minus 800 bucks. Typically I wouldn't, I would trade until four o'clock in the morning or 4 PM mm -hmm. uh, Eastern time because That's I'm trying, so trying to get out of the hole. And even if I do or don't, I'll still stay up that whole time to try to do it or to find a setup to get me to get into a trade that I can possibly do it. And I don't, like you said earlier, you know, when you're able to finish work early, your mind's going to be so much clearer the next day. And when, when I have multiple days where I'm staying up super late till four o'clock in the morning, I'm like in a fog the whole next day. And, you know, of course my, my trading starts to suffer and maybe, maybe that compounds and makes more poor trading days and more poor decisions. I like that a lot. Yeah. I've also been struggling. No, yeah, I've been struggling with my mindset a lot recently that I, I keep getting really angry at the market. Like I'll be like, even today, I mean, this is the best I've done personally with my uh, mindset, but it's just fucking like, are you kidding me? Like I was 20 cents away from getting my target, which would be like a good green day. And it comes back up and it stops me out for eight bucks. <laughs> I could have just sold it for 70 
but I wanted 90. So it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't know how, like the, I go through these phases where I fucking hate the stock market. Like I hate it so much. And it's like, it feels genuinely like there's a little fucking troll on my shoulder and they're like, go short. And then I go short and I get this awesome move. And then it comes right back up and it's like, ha ha, fuck you. You know, and it's just like, it's like a joke. And I don't know how to uh, get rid of that other than accepting the fact that like there are going to be a fuck ton of days in our careers where we should not be trading. And there, that is just one of the hardest things for I'm pretty sure like anyone that's not, that's been trading for less than 10 years, you're, we're all, we're all addicted. Okay. Like the only traders I see that actually show up for an A plus setup, they got 15 years of trading under their belt. Cause it's just so, it's so hard to sit back and we're so trained as well to like take every opportunity because we just don't know when the next one will come. And I don't know. Um, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. Less is more. Like if you guys can review your stats and, and be like, if I just stopped doing this, I would be green or I would be better off. I would, I would implement it as soon as possible from everything I've, I've experienced. And because it's not just the money you save, it's, it's also the headspace you're, you're in, right? You're, you might've had a big loser and then you miss that green trade because you're upset with yourself. So if, yeah, reducing, reducing red stuff is, pays massive dividends or not over trading, relaxing more, doing less is, is, is really all I can say. Yeah. Like trading is so hard. It's so, so, so hard. And it's really hard if you're perfectly clear headed, it is really hard with a perfect mind, perfect sleep, perfect food, exercise. I'm doing everything in my life discipline. It's very, very hard. Now take one of those things out. Okay, well, now you just decrease your chances of winning by a lot. And it doesn't feel like it because you're just still doing the same old shit every day. But we don't really, I don't think many people think that much about how important it is to get your six to eight hours of sleep, to eat healthy, to like be exercising. Don't be in front of your computer every day because all every one tiny little thing that you overindulge on the day before will absolutely mess you up the day coming. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Trading affects or yeah, your whole life affects your trading. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're an athlete in a way, right? You can't, you can't party the day before, or I don't know, maybe you can, Toby, you tell us, <laughs> but before a big competition, you know, that's also going to mess you. Party after the big competition. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But if you have, if you have a great trading day on Monday, you can't party because you're going to be hungover for Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's, it's a tough, it's a really tough um, thing, uh, career path, but it can be super rewarding. And I don't know, I think we're all on the right path. So I think we just all need to double down on what's working. And that's, that's pretty much as simple as it is. It sounds so easy, but yeah. We're all trapped don't, in time, man. Yeah. Don't be your own worst enemy, you know? And, and like, I guess we could pretty much wrap up. But one thing I did just pop in my head that I thought about earlier is you know, sometimes I'll like watch a bunch of interviews with other traders or, you know, a lot of stuff you share. And in a way, every trader says the same thing, you know, all the same lessons. So it's almost like we all have to just learn those lessons the hard way it feels like sometimes. Um, so if, if you know you in three, four, five years is basically going to be saying exactly what you're saying now, like just act on it now. And that's yeah. kind of what I've been trying to do. And I, I could already feel... Um, 
it, it, it working really nicely. So, yeah. Yeah, well said. All right, guys. That was a really good chat. And I think we even kept it under an hour. Sweet. Yeah, First time nice. ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Toby. Good luck with your more trading. Probably too cold. Right, I got myself to minus 250 now. That's Dude. good. That's really <laughs> nice. Small red day. No biggie. Yeah, now I can at least go to sleep and not pick myself about it. But yeah, um, that's true. I need, yeah, I do need to reduce the t reduce putting myself in this situation. I know I can stop myself earlier. I think those thirty minute break things would help you a lot, Toby, or even just twenty minutes. Or yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that's probably a, probably a very good idea. The problem is I don't take like huge losses. My big my biggest losses are only like couple hundred bucks but i'll take like two or three of them in a, in a row and then it's a problem mm -hmm. then you get on it's not a big deal i can i'm i'm okay with that but when i yeah. do several oh then it's like what the hell is happening mm. so and then i'm frantically searching for anything that has enough volatility that i can try to make some money yeah, I mean, the only thing you can do really is just identify that emotion as quickly as possible and just try your fucking best to literally run out of your room and do anything that's trading because that's yeah. the only thing that saves you. You got to change your 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 personal momentum, right? The market has momentum, but you also have momentum. And sometimes the momentum is just down. It's yeah. going further down. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And I also know what like I trade my best when when there is more volatility. If the, the tickers are moving faster. And, um, you know, like today is, they're just like barely moving with no volume. So it was, yeah. Really why, why are we pushing it today? I totally agree. Totally agree. Understand your macros like, first. Yeah. Colby said been, that. should have like made like two or three trades and been like, well, this is terrible. I'm only down 50 bucks later. One thing that this one, this last thing I'll say, but this one, the one thing that I, uh, watched from Lance Breitstein genius amazing trader made many multi seven figure years but he um he would say that every single day at like he traded large caps so it was around 10 30 but for you guys it'd probably be around like 8 30 9 o'clock he would just do a check-in like with himself and be like okay how do i feel right now how have my trades been do i feel like i'm on tilt and if like any of those things are you know pointing towards he's in that bad momentum you know lower highs lower lows type shit then he um, will just go take a walk and do anything else to reset that uh, whatever that hormone is that you were talking about, Alex. I guess that's cortisone, right? Stress. Mm. Cortisol. Cortisone? Cortisol? Cortisol, yeah. Cortisone. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Time to reduce cool. that cortisol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to walk. It's pitch black outside. It's like, oh, it's shit. Like true. <laughs> so he walks outside and hits a pole. He's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to trade more. Better than being down 800 bucks, though. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a shower. I feel like a shower would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, I'll, I do go to the bathroom. If I'm feeling like I'm going on tilt, I'll splash my face with some cold water. And that actually will help you get out of flight and like flight and uh, fl fight or flight faster. Yeah. That's smart, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Cool. Um, okay. Have a good rest of the week, boys. You too. Yeah, you too. Great video. I'll try to get it uploaded quicker this time. Last time I got by schedule. It's all good. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Later, boys. See you guys.